following presentation is uncensored. It contains profanity, references to drug and alcohol addiction, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Last week on The Real Thing. First things first. Surprise, you're dead. The discovery method is how you remember things from the past. You know, the last thing that I remember is I was standing on a street corner. I was waiting for the light to turn so that I could go ahead and cred. Traffic was unusually high for that time of day, and it was irritating me anyway. Uh, And the last thing that I remember is I put a cigarette in my mouth, and I went to go light it, and then the next thing that I know, I woke up here. You're placing the, the chair under the door so that no one else can get in here, and it reminds you of a time that you were chased or you were someone was trying to find you in some reason why don't you give me a who was trying to find you and why and it was a dire situation i was being chased by a rival gang i had uh grabbed some stuff from the wrong pocket offended the wrong people and i wasn't as smooth talking as i wanted to be your hand briefly crosses in front of the light and you instantly know that is what you need to be wary of i'd like you to mark trauma and you feel it's not much light but it's enough and that's definitely what you need to be wary of is the light can it burn me yes jesus my damn vampire you pull open the nightstand and you're you're looking for a lighter and instead you find the flask there's some sort of liquid in it okay that's what's most useful to you right now. Okay. You begin to feel hungry is the best Mm. way to describe it. What you should be paying attention to is what you begin to hear from down the hall. So hungry! Do you have a lighter? Your hard choice is, do you let go of the flask and let everybody know what in the doorway, in the hall, or do you take the flask and hide it from what's standing in the hallway right now? I let the flask go and I point the Bowie knife at what's in the hallway. What what do I see? You see... uh, uh, woman but she looks crazed she has a wild look in her eye almost like a you'd call it lust but it's more than that it's hunger it's whatever was wailing and their clothes are somewhat like they have you know decent ish clothes on but they seem a little shredded and, and torn as if they've been tearing at themselves her face looks distorted in in that insatiable quest for feeding a addiction. There's a hole they can't fill, and they're looking right at that flask. You don't know how they got there so quickly without any of you noticing, especially when they were behind a door, but they're there now, and they look like they're about to jump on that flask that Aristotle, you have in your hand. And I am very... I'm, I'm swirling it under my nose. I want to hear the liquid in the vessel. I want to feel the weight of it shift around as I 
I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to trying to really go through a full on sensory experience as in like in in love with this vial of liquid. You are entrenched only as an attic would, and not notice the most dangerous thing trying to bum rush you right now. Mm, totally. Yep. Travis and Stanley, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Because Aristotle's enthralled with the flask and the liquid inside of it. Briggs I, just lifted his knife like WTF. I think I'm going to turn around and see this thing ready to pounce. And I want to try and like move a chair or something in its way to trip it up or block its path or something along those lines. And if I can use my starting move Matador, which lets me gain one advantage each scene that I may use on any test. I don't know what okay. advantage does exactly, but it sounds like it's a good thing. So I would like to keep- <laughs> Ward, would you like to explain advantage? Sure. So advantage is essentially the opportunity to reroll one die on any die roll. So you're rolling two D6, you get to discard okay. one of those dice and take the new result of a, of a new roll. Okay. So with that matador, your matador uh, ability, I would like you to roll a defend somebody. Defend somebody, As- okay. Which is what uh, statistic am I rolling with? Reflexes. Okay, I have no bonus to that, so that's fine. So we'll roll. Okay, so that would be a seven. I'm gonna re-roll this three since I have advantage, <laughs> and it's worse. So that's a six. Okay. Mark a discovery. Okay. You will. You're trying to get the chair in the way of this lady, maybe, who is just moving faster than you imagined, but you're also quicker than you imagined, or maybe a little stronger. The chair seems uh, lighter than it should, which trips you up a little bit, and you get in their way instead. You choose whether to suffer an additional trauma, suffer a stress, put yourself in a precarious position, as determined by the narrator, or make a hard choice provided by the narrator? Um, I think I'm going to put myself in a precarious position. Okay, so what we'll say is the precarious position that you have placed yourself in is you're now facing this person as opposed to Aristotle. You are flatly in their path of something that they need. Hmm. And for doing so, she takes a swipe at you with an arm Strong as sin, you take a trauma. All right. Travis, what are you doing? So seeing all of and just overall assessing, she attacked, she rushed, she's fast, she's crazed. Obviously, this is not a negotiation. So Maybe. Travis is going to hit her with a chair. He's going to pick up that ugly blue wingback's chair and slam her over the back with it. All right. Why don't you give me a fight? All right. Which is off of Mike, right? Correct. Ten. Okay. So you get to choose one of the following. Inflict an additional trauma. Put the opponent in a bad spot. Gain advantage on your next action against that opponent. Put the opponent in a bad spot. All right. Ward, yep. would you mind explaining with someone who's using strength? Right. Is there anything that there might be going on with their current situation that they have a benefit to strength of any kind? 
Yeah, so you feel a little more invigorated than would seem normal coming right out of a sleep and in an uncomfortable position and, and such. So for all intents and purposes, on any role involving might for the foreseeable future, you're going to get a plus one to that. And when you when engaged in fight, uh, you scored a 10, actually an 11 that you didn't know you scored. You are automatically inflicting one trauma and you can opt into doing one of those other benefits that you selected. And I think you said to put the opponent in a bad spot. Is that right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So examples of that might be, you know, they fall prone or pinned against the wall or something along those lines. And do I give a description on that, or does the storyteller? When really playing the game, it's kind of up to the troop as well. If they, if the narrator would wish for the people to describe what happens to the uh, creature, that, that's fine also. And I'm one of those guys who's like, I like to hear what you guys, what happens, what, what do you do to the thing? So you're definitely going to give it a trauma. And what is that bad position that it's in? I figure- I'm cool with that. Because I had to step around Stanley, you know, it was kind of a, a sideways swipe over her back, knocking her prone as the chair crushes to kindling and slightly to the side. So she's no longer like in at Stanley's feet or knocking into him, but instead she's cast a couple of feet to the side and prone onto the ground in a pile of matchsticks. All right. Stanley, I had you mark a discovery, correct? Correct. So I would like to tell you, or you to tell me about a time that you got yourself in a bad spot and it is actually related. You have a memory that's also related to Travis. You got yourself in a bad spot and he was right there and kind of got you out. Interesting, okay. So I think I, being a uh, sort of outsider to a lot of society, I think I ended up not necessarily seedy parts of the city, but like in a kind of shady bar and accidentally started a fight with somebody. Whether I was actually at fault or not, I don't remember, but I remember this person coming at and then all of a sudden Travis was there to step in and, you know, offer some resolution to the situation by might or some other means. All right, Aristotle. So seeing the the kerfluffle now off to my left, I'm trying to basically scoot away from from all that. I don't want anything to do with that. So I'm just going to try to move to you know whatever side of the room that's happening on. I'm going to try to scoot the other direction as as quickly and gracefully as possible. I I don't want any blood on my jacket or my my sleeves out of place as I go and enjoy the flask by myself, since clearly everybody else in the room is otherwise occupied. Give me Defy Danger. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what now? Defy Danger. Which is based on reflexes. Excellent. Okay. That's an eight. Okay. You get over to the side of the room. However, you either have put yourself in a bad position you suffer a stress or a trauma, whichever is most appropriate, you believe, mm -hmm. or you have to make a hard choice. So as I kind of scoot over to the other room, I'm, I'm very distracted by what is going on off to my left here, and I, I kind of kick, my, my, my foot kind of hooks around the leg to a, of a chair, and so I stumble a little bit as I walk. I, you know, I'm able to regain my footing, but I, I'm in a bad position on this, on this side of the room. All right, so you find that when you went over there, you're a little off balance and 
she must have moved on the ground somehow. You look closer, she has like a good beeline to you right now, which she jumps up and runs over to you and attempts to bat the flask out of your hand. Can I like try to karate kick her, even though I do not know karate, like just like, ah, get him, go. Not quite yet. We'll go around the, the room again with everyone. Okay. But that's what she's going to do. However, I believe that Briggs still has yet to do something. Yeah, so seeing her about to make her move, I'm going to try to pin her arm or her hand to the floor with this Bowie knife and keep her off of Aristotle. Let's fight. All right, and that's going to be an eight. Is that with the plus one? Oh, oh, that was for everybody. I thought that was just for Which is still a nine. Yeah, in that case, it's a nine. You, you find this the case for yourself as well. So you definitely inflict a trauma on her, but they as well, as you are stabbing through the hand, she's able to bite you. You have to get in really close and she barely catches you on the shoulder with her teeth dug in. Also, does this inflict a stress on you? Do you find yourself in a bad spot or do you have to make a hard choice? Make a hard choice. Okay. Your hard choice is do you tangle with her yourself and let everybody else get to safety? Or are you going to try to get her off of you and let them have to deal with this? Not something you have to decide right now. Well, next turn around, you definitely will. Okay. <laughs> Aristotle. Uh, okay, now I, can I try to karate quicker now? Was that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and would that be reflexes or might? And do I also get That'd the might? And I get the plus one that everyone else has. You find you got a little more vigor in you than you thought. That is a eight. Okay, the well, same. You definitely kick her. Uh, but she's able to lash out at your leg at the same time with an elbow and pop you on the knee. Uh, you suffer a trauma as well. Oof. Also, are you is a stress inflicted upon you? Do you find yourself in a bad spot or do you have to make a hard choice? I will make a hard choice and that is, I only have two trauma and that's my second one. So your hard choice, you know you're gonna drop the flask or you think you're gonna, do you drop the flask or do you let her have it? Oh man. <laughs> if you drop the flask, it spills and no one gets it. Yeah, I can't bring myself to drop it. I'll let her have it, yeah. That is her action, she has the flask. All right. All right, Jason. As you're letting her have it, you're starting to feel, I don't know, woozy for sure, like you're really in need of a laydown. And, and what we're going to do is called a mechanic. It's called Second Wind. This comes into play when you max out your, your trauma. You get one chance in the whole scenario to pull a second wind. And what that does is restore some of your, right? What that does is restore some of your trauma. From then on out, you're at the point where, much like in a dungeon world game that's powered by the apocalypse, you get a chance to do a last breath, which is um, a chance to save yourself. You know, just like restore yourself to barely alive. You can do that as many times as you want, but as soon as you fail, you're out of the game. Cool. All right. So the valuable lesson here is when you have a negative one, getting into fights is bad. Okay. <laughs> it's bad. It's a, I didn't try. <laughs> okay. So what you're going to do for second wind is you're going to roll an unmodified roll unless you have like, your starting move allows you to modify it. It's just 2d6 flat. Okay. That's a six. 
<clears throat> okay, that's fine. All right, so you are in a situation where you have to do, you do not restore any of your trauma yet. You're in a position where you're almost unconscious and you have to take a moment to rest. And we're going to do the rest action as soon as you get a chance to do that. For the current situation, you are just lying on your back trying to catch your breath and trying not to pass out from pain and discomfort. Oh, yeah. I'm All down right. with that. Yeah. Cool. All right. If I can, if I can ask Stanley, a quick question real do? quick. Oh, sure. Yeah. Th- that happened at three trauma or two trauma for Aristotle? For him, it was at two because he's got a negative one to might. So his base, okay. his max stress is two. Or max trauma. Okay. Yep. Now, I only had one trauma from that. Is that correct? Or I had none? One. Just one. Okay. Thank you. One wanted... is correct. All right. Sounds good. That's what I had marked. I just wanted to make sure I was accurate. Yep. Stanley. Yeah. What am I going to do? So I think... Yeah, she's got the flask now, but she's in some sort of tussle with the other folks. I think I want to, I want to try to like deceive her in that I am like knocking the flask away, but I really want to grab it for myself and like try and trick her and make her think that it went somewhere else. But I actually have it. So we're gonna go with an overcome obstacle. Okay. Can I aid that in any fashion? If you are physically having to grab it out of her hand. Yeah. You you can attempt to, yes. Uh, you'd have to do the assist another first. Okay, and because I'm uh, very good I'm at, at this type of thing, you know, pickpocketing and removing items from people, would I be able to use subtlety for that? No, it's still with an awareness. Okay. Because you're going to have to basically help him and get in there without hopefully getting hit yourself. However, I believe that you do have a plus one forward from a successful investigate earlier. If you wish to use that, you can do that. I would like to. And that's going to be an 11. Add one to this roll. You'll get a plus one to and try to take the plus one with the overcome obstacle. Overcome obstacle is a might roll. So do I also Correct. have the plus the natural, the preternatural plus one? You find that you do. Okay, cool. So rather than having a minus one, this is just a flat roll. But then I have a plus one from the assist, so I have a total of plus one. Absolutely. So here we go. So that's a nine on the dice, plus one is a ten. Yes! All right. So you are able to, as he's distracting her, get the flask away from her. She doesn't really notice. You have it in your hand now. Travis, what are you doing? So as Stanley moves in and grabs the flask with... Briggs's assistance. As her head swivels, trying to follow where the flask went, Stanley steps forward and literally just tries to stomp her head right into the floor. Give me a fight, man. It's an 11 plus 3. is 14. So you kick her in the head. She is... She's down. Do you inflict, inflict an additional trauma? Do you put her in a bad spot? Or do you gain advantage on a next action against the character? And I, I, I would suggest not doing the last one. I inflict an additional trauma. This chick is not getting... This bitch just came in here, attacked us. We just woke up. We barely even know each other, but one of my compatriots is down. She may have killed him for all I know. No, she's done. Right. I would like to ask, how many discoveries do each of you have right now? I just want to make sure that I'm keeping track personally. Three, two, one, and Lou? Zero. 
Oh, you have zero? I don't think I have any discovery uh, one. so far. Okay. So... I got a trauma, though. Just for... You, know. <laughs> you have one? Did you say discoveries? I should have given you one for the... Discoveries. I'm sorry. I have two discoveries. Okay. So, in it's retrospect... Travis. Travis, I'd like you to tell me of a time when... You were out with... You were out in the militia training... And you got pretty badly injured. What happened? And why was it so memorable? Okay. So when I was about 17 and I mostly in theory mastered the things that, you know, my dad and I had been trying to learn together as a rite of passage thing showing that I had it on my own. I didn't need him. I could survive on my own. I was out on literally a wilderness survival challenge where I was on my own in the woods for like three days with just me and my knife and a flint and steel and that's it. And I made it. But in the middle of the second day, I took a bad fall down a steep hill and broke my lower leg and had to splint it up and make it through the next day and a half and back. And, but it didn't take, instead of a day and a half, it took me like an, it took me like three days to get back. My dad wound up coming out to find me once in a while, you know, when it's raining, I'll still limp a little bit and get some aches in that leg because of how bad it was broken and, and what I had to do to get back, but. Got it. I'll let you know if it rains. Okay. So at this, she's slumped on the floor. You have the flask back in your hand. Uh, Aristotle, you need to rest like now i actually as soon as she's down and i have the opportunity to act again will attempt to use my starting move of mouth to mouth to make out with him until he feels better or that until he feel better <laughs> what does mouth to mouth do please, please so explain it. once per scene per target i may attempt to treat the wounds of any character when attempting to treat these wounds i roll with intellect on a hit remove up to two marked trauma from another character on a seven to nine, remove one trauma and gain one stress. All right, let's see how you do. All right, so roll high. intellect, I've got a plus one. Oh, big money, no whammies. Ooh, whammy. No <laughs> plus one is five. Oh. I may have killed her. I may have killed that her. That happens on a, when you don't get a success. Okay, good. So no, you don't actually cause any more problems, but you do gain another discovery. And I would like to, you to tell me of a time when you attempted to save someone's life and it, it didn't happen. Unfortunately, it gives me some pretty severe flashbacks to the day my dad and I walked in and on my mom dying from an overdose when I was about 11. And Travis just kind of, from trying to minister, rocks back on his heels and then falls to his ass for a minute with like a little shell-shocked look as these images replay in his mind of how he watched his mom die in front of him while he and his dad tried to save her. Alright. At that, you all hear like, I hope you can hear this. Hello? Do you want early access to every Tabletop Journeys episode? How about exclusive content, live broadcasts, and the chance to throw dice with your favorite hosts and fellow fans? Or, heck, do you just want to support the show? Join our Patreon today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys.
We have tiers to fit any budget for a monthly commitment, or you can make a one-time contribution to the cause. We love doing this show for y'all, and support helps us keep creating and producing great content for you. So join us today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. The uh, door handle jiggles. You hear someone trying to come in the door, but you know that they can't because there's a chair in front of it. I'm gonna keep the knife at the ready, but kind of out of sight. Who is it? Housekeeping. <laughs> uh, we we understand you have a you can barely hit the door. We understand there's a problem in there. We've come to help. Can you shove it open? And you hear like a thump thump on a door, and the door like you know, budges, but it doesn't move from the chair. Uh, God damn it. Who, who, I guess this happens often. Who is it? We're looking for a name. You, you call me the sorcerer. If you just let me in the room, I can tell you what's going on. I can help you, and... Do we think we can... Can I get, a, like, some sort of read yeah. on on this voice? Like, are, are they being honest, or yeah. is there a way you. to tell... At all. Through, a, okay. through a door without seeing facial expressions, yeah, not okay. really, but you can tell they're definitely trying to get in the room, and you did hear the door unlock from their side, not from your side. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I, uh, can I try to make a figure someone out and uh, just try to I'm sense gonna, what their motives please, are on the I'm, side? I'm gonna... Please just open the door. Yeah, one moment. I'm gonna look to the group and mouth the words and kind of whisper. Get ready, I guess. I'm gonna put the flask in a inside pocket. Okay. I will watch what pocket you put it in. I'm gonna wipe off the uh, Bowie knife on the back of this creature, and then I'm gonna palm it in my sleeve. And okay. And then I'm gonna look around if everybody looks ready. Move the chair. Travis will right. uh, shake his head to clear it a little bit and climb to his feet, picking up the one of the legs from the chair he broke over the chick to use as a club. Gotcha. And Aristotle, you're, who is not here right now, is laying in that bed. Yeah. Again. Uh, I'm gonna. You move the chair and put it to the side, and maybe. Wait, hmm? I'm, I'm back in the say, bed. I was going to pick up saying? another busted yes. leg and put it in the bed next okay. to Aristotle. So if he wakes up, he's at least got a weapon. <laughs> okay, you can do that. Not a problem. The door opens and in walks like a thin mid-height man. He's got glasses. He's wearing like a loose open black shirt. He's not wearing any shoes. He's got some sort of a chain with a medallion on it kind of hanging down out from the side of it. Short black hair that's sort of uh, disheveled. And he's got like one of those pencil mustaches, right? Beside him are two very large individuals. And he kind of walks in the room and goes, oh, well, it seems you've taken care of it. Kind of looks over the bed and he goes, well, that's not good. Puts up his hands, goes, gentlemen, how are you feeling? You're the one that brought us here? 
I didn't bring you here. Confused but... and a little pissed off. What he said. That's to be expected. And why exactly is that to be expected? Well, with what you've gone through, I'm sure that your memories are a little fuzzy. What happened to us? Oh, you don't... No. You see her... Mm-hmm. Kind of points to the lady clumped on the floor. That. Except, it seems you had a much better reaction than she did. I'm really impressed, actually. I, I thought she died during the change. But we'll take care of her. He snaps his fingers and one of the guards goes over and grabs her. Picks her up. Or guards. One of the guys, the big dudes, picks her up and walks back over toward him. So, if you didn't bring us here, but you think whatever happened to her happened to us, how do you know about it? Because you came to us. Told us you wanted a change in your life. <laughs> I don't... I y'all mean, know what's happening. Do you know what's happening? Do you not know what's happening? I have happening? no idea. You... Turned us into some sort of monster, like her. Oh, I wouldn't call us monsters, friends. She just didn't take well to it. But I'm glad to see that all of you did. You put her down. That was pretty impressive. I have an headache. Do you have like an ibuprofen or a so you're not mad that we killed her? If she's dead, and if she is, casualties happen. Not everybody survives a change. Kind of like that fellow right over there. You're doing all right. They're pretty badly hurt, I think. Oh, well. Maybe we can do something to help him? Can, as he, as uh, this sorcerer is looking over our friend, can I get a read on them now? Like, yeah, you can attempt to. Okay. That would give me a figure someone out. Okay. It is made with rapport. Yes, which I am very good at. And good thing, too. So that's a 9 plus 2 is an 11. Okay. So choose one of these. Determine the character's current motives, uh, why they're doing what they're doing. Determine one special ability the character has. Determine what concerns this character has or determine the character's emotional and mental state. I think I want to know the motive. You understand from what he's saying, like his body language and how he's coming to the room. His motive is to assess how you've progressed through, I guess what he's calling the change. You have really no better mm -hmm. um, way to describe it. He's trying to assess you. His motive is really to see where you're at. If you're mentally okay, if you've become physically un unstable, which is why he's looking at Aristotle in the bed. Because he's become physically unstable. And, uh, yeah, that's his motive currently. And the two big, large guys, the one who went over and got the lady, they're both standing at the door, blocking it as he walks into the room. And this guy walks in the room like, like he owns a place, and he pays no heed to whether one of you has a knife or not. You know, you're hiding it. Mm -hmm. He's not really concerned about he doesn't seem concerned about upsetting you either 
He's almost very scientific in his approach, very or intellectual in his approach, I should mm. say, not really scientific necessarily. And he's looking over his Aristotle and he goes, well, he may just need some rest. Can I try to, um, so my starting move is Black Friday, which allows me to influence an NPC in, a, in some way. Can Am I aware or alert enough of kind of in my current state to go ahead and try to try to make him feel guilt, regret, sorrow, sorrow or sympathy? Because I'm trying to be very pathetic over here. Like, I need a little pick-me-up here, and uh, I need some help. And uh, he seems to be very callous to my needs, and that's putting me out. And so... That's a very good question. When someone uh, needs rest and they've gone down from trauma uh, ward, what is the answer there? So when you go down from trauma and you need rest, you have to take at least uh, you know the twenty to thirty minute oh, break, cool. essentially. Okay. Then you do the right. rest move, which is on your special move sheet. Yep. Um, and it's been a few minutes already. So during the course of this conversation and such, you know, and this is narrator discretion. Feel okay. free to go ahead and do the the rest move. And please do. Okay. Yes. I will do my rest move to, 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 on a hit. Cool. Ah, uh, that's an 11, so... So you remove two trauma. trauma. Cool. Sweet. But this is... In the moment, you're still resting. Yep. But th- that can still come into play here. Yeah, yeah. We'll just... At this exact moment, not quite yet. So I'm basically, like, just, like, waking up from being knocked virtually unconscious. I'm still kind of, like, coming to and trying to figure out what's going on and where my good morning cigarette is and everything basically yeah and like you're still a little groggy yeah. and like you're still recovering but you recognize that other people have come in the room I suppose there's uh only a couple more things I need to do here then you know where you are no no okay that's good not only that you're in Chicago why does the wind? Why does the sunlight? Hurt? Uh, please, I'm, 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 I'm here to help. Well, that's because uh, you are a vampire. Welcome to the Legion of the Undead, gentlemen. You've survived mostly. Seems he's starting to come to. And you're one of these undead? This is fine. Interview with the Vampire is my favorite book. I, he just kind of, you know, pulls out the little medallion. I am the sorcerer. I'm the one who checks on recruits. Are they undead? No. They're not. So we're undead. How big is this gang that we're a part of now? Well, it's not too large. You could consider it a gang, I suppose, specifically in this uh, place. But there is a little thing, you know, you can't let anybody else know that's what you are, right? You gotta keep a secret, you know? I'm... And with the door open, all of you can tell there is a party going on somewhere outside of this room. Hmm. Full-on party. See, there's a bunch of people out there. They're a bunch of not like us. And they can't know that you're like us, or bad things start to happen. We get found out. People want to kill us, or crusade against us, or experiment on us, or call 
who knows what authority to have him check out some story, and so you gotta be really discreet. Unlike this one. And when he puts his thumb over, he's gesturing to the passed out vampire woman mm. in the arms of the big dude, one of the big guys. See, you can't be like her. She never got to come out of the room. And then things went wrong. And like I said, they don't always survive. So you're, you're the one who changed us. What do you want from us? Oh, I am not the one who changed you, friends. I'm just the one that looks after those who awaken. The one who changed you, he's the master. What is... And you're saying we signed up for this? Oh, yeah. You came to us willingly. Said you wanted something new. Must have been something in your lives you were running from, or something... Some escape you were seeking, but all I know is, uh... This is where we brought you for asking. And you just... She didn't work out, and you already knew it. And she was gonna just, basically she came in here and tried to kill us. You just left her in here for us to deal with? I mean. No, she was put up here after some complications from leaving the room before and was brought back up here. So it kind of, if you go out there and cause too many problems, you end up back in this room. Causing problems doesn't necessarily have to be your fault, right? We understand you're going through the change and it can be problematic, but we have to be very selective with who we let out. So once you're out of this room, you're in a party and no harm can come to those guests. I don't know if you all got to see this, but she wasn't too into that no harm thing. Hmm. And so we had to bring her back up here. Unfortunately, it was kind of in the place we had. We locked her in a room, but this one was tricky. I appreciate you dealing with it for us, though. That's, that's a boon in your cap, honestly. That's a good thing. I'm quite impressed. Well, boons are great, but payoffs are better. <laughs> what kind of scratch are you willing to part with? Scratch? Friend, you're immortal. What more scratch do you need? So in this world, ev everybody deals in some kind of currency. If you don't care about money, what do you care about? And how much of it are we getting well, for handling your problem? I didn't care about money. For handling the problem, you get to leave this room. As long as you follow the rules. Aren't we lucky then? Actually, very. You made it. I know it doesn't seem like much right now, uh, trust me, it's very special. Uh, you're still kind of struggling with uh, the problems you had before, and whether that means anything or matters, and you're still going to struggle with remembering who you are and what's going on, and, and that's okay, that's normal. You just remember these words. Your past life doesn't matter anymore. The things you thought were difficult you're gonna find are easy, like making that scratch. <laughs> Friend, there's nothing like eternity to make scratch, right? So I need to repeat myself here. There are three rules we have 
for you joining the party. One. Only we know who we are. And you can't let anybody else out there know what you are. Can you all agree to that? I suppose. I'm good at secrets. Yeah, sure. Okay. You can't harm the other guests. That's number two. Number three... You can't actually leave the premise until you get the master's permission. At some point in the night, he's going to want to meet you. He's a very busy individual, so... Don't expect it to be right away. Understand that you are being watched. This is your coming out party, right? But you gotta make sure that if we let you out those doors later, you're not gonna just make trouble for all of our kind. So, tonight's kind of the party where you get your feelers and you get to lay some of the groundwork and you sort of figure out how things go. And we get to see if you're gonna make a mess like this one. If you're gonna be all right. So now, what I asked earlier, something about what happens if we get hungry. Yeah, Which so I was about was to ask you again. What happens yeah. if we get hungry? You're saying don't hurt them, but you're also saying we're vampires. So what we have tonight is a special thing going on. There's a bartender downstairs, and all you have to do is raise a flask with an M on it to her, and she will fill it with a very specific and particular drink, if you catch my drift, and it will subside your hunger. See, now you're talking my language. Bartenders, they are the blessed people on this planet. Thank you. <laughs> he lives. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to see that you're feeling better, friend. Do you have any ibuprofen or, like, an aproxen or, like... Something like I gotta hit this headache is killing me. Why don't you? Did any of you happen to find a flask up here, by the way? Yeah, he's got it. I got it. You have one? Okay. So that's the one that the group of you must share. The idea is you kind of come into this world together. Unlike when you're born. In this one, you at least have a group of individuals that you can look at, count on, think about ask for help from and rely on. It works better that way here. It works much better that way. So you got that little flask. That's what you need to fill. Now the M is, if you haven't guessed it, from the master. Mm. It's his gift. And his gift is to subside your... What's his name? When it comes on. All right. The master. All right, so you heard that you got a share. I told you. Yeah, f- fine, fine. Here, have it. And I'll toss it over to him. Oh, thank God. I'll take a healthy swig off of the flask. Yeah, it definitely uh, helps to subside your hunger, but if it is not empty from your healthy swig, there is probably not even quite a swig left in that flask well. in particular. Realizing that there's not much, I'll just finish it off. Then I mean, that's, you know, I wouldn't want to be totally rude. Fair. Wouldn't want to be rude. 
So, gentlemen, are we all... Uh, we're all good. You agree? You agree to the rules I've set forth? Sure. I mean, they're a little uh, bullshit, I'd, but whatever. Sure. Whatever. I'd like you to repeat them so that I am certain that you... Let me hear those one more time, just so I can make sure. We're all in. Yeah. All right. The first one, we got to keep the secret. Right? Keep we can't... Secret. We, gotta, we can't be like, you know, you know, again, nothing like that. Bingo. Number two, don't hurt anybody. No okay. guests. Don't hurt any of the guests. Perfect. Number three. I'm gonna be honest, I was hungry, so when I asked whether or not, or what I was supposed to do, if I got hungry, I stopped listening. That's fair. I said the first thing you should do is go down and see the bartender when you're out of here, but I still need to hear number three from y'all. Is that the way we can't go anywhere until the master says it's okay? That's it, friend. All right. So at least one or two of you seem to understand the rules, and I'm going to hope that you keep your friends together. I'm an expert at breaking rules. I got to know what they are. Yeah, I will reiterate this. And all he does is motion over to the lady in a crumpled heap being held by one of the bodyguard is what happens when you don't. He kind of motions like this and the, the two big dudes step aside. He walks through the door. So, please, uh, go enjoy the party yeah. and eventually the master will be with you. He will let you know when it's time to come meet him. Right. Until then, I hope you have fun. And he looks right at you, Briggs. If you can figure out a way to make some scratch, you are welcome to. This is kind of a do-as-you-like sort of place. Just keep those three rules in mind and everything else will be fine. Can we go to the bar now? I need a clarification, if you don't mind. You say don't hurt people. <laughs> now, what if, what if they start something? We're just supposed to take it? understand that you might have unfair advantage over them. So even if they start something, it might behoove you to figure out a way to solve it without pummeling them into the ground, causing yourself to become a furiously mad hungry creature, drinking their blood in front of everyone at the party. Understand what I mean? Fair point. It's dangerous. I say this to you friends because you're new getting too engaged it can tax you pretty hard and that hunger is real it's real friends i know i want to go see that bartender too you gotta be careful slightest misstep and you could throw your whole experience off and we wouldn't want that we got high hopes for y'all. So be careful out there. Take it easy. Now, there are others like us out there in the party, and you might find them. If they're being too obvious, feel free to let someone know. Who would we inform? You see these big guys around everywhere? Mm. They can help you with that. Got it. Then he steps back out of the doorway into the hall. Says, friends, I hope you enjoy the evening. We're going to go figure out what went wrong with this one. 
Oh, hang on, I'll, one second. I can tell you what went one wrong. Last question for you. She attacked you. <laughs> she came into the wrong room. She did not politely. <laughs> Why we knocked? You wanted to ask a question. What you got? Travis gets a little closer and looks around the room at his companions, kind of sizing them up and lingering on Aristotle. And then leans in and says, is this like when you go to college and if after, you know, the first couple of days it ain't working out, you can, you know, like trade some roommates around. What are you talking uh, about? You know, college was fantastic. uh, Once you get outside of here, uh, you're a little more free to do kind of what you like because you'll have a better idea of the rules of our little, for lack of a better term, society. When you get out into that further, if the master approves of you doing so, well, yeah, you don't have to stay with these uh, fine, gentle people. No offense, y'all. Just trying to figure out the rules. You have choices, but tonight isn't one of those nights. Tonight, you should worry about helping each other out. Making the transition easy for each of you. Any other questions? Okay. I think I'm good. Enjoy the party. He gives a slight little bow. He walks out with the two big dudes beside him. Gentlemen, you've just come from out of nowhere. Excellent. (laughs) As you leave the relative quiet and calm of the guest suite, you figure out that it's on the second floor as you're escorted downstairs to the main floor. You get a good look at the two security guards at the top of the stairs outside of the suite. You also see that there's a third floor to the building above, but you don't see any easy way to access it though. The tinted windows look out from above down onto a courtyard in the party below on that third level. The scene that you walk into is one of organically controlled chaos. There's music, dense and rhythmic, laced with a cacophony of yells, laughs, singing, stompings. Before you are a small group of people gathered in a pristine courtyard as you come down the stairs. They're laughing, talking loudly, and whispering to one another intimately, and many seem extremely amorous here. Smoke fills the air, both from cigarettes and a fog machine somewhere out of view. Lights flash from beyond the floor-filled courtyard, and music fills the scene. It's coming from somewhere out of sight, but it's definitely much louder here and thrumming in a constant rhythm as you can hear people having a good time from beyond. Can I see the bar as I come down the stairs? You cannot from here, but you do see a courtyard that you enter into. Uh, the courtyard's a large area with meandering pathways through a well-manicured garden, and, but you're still indoors. There are a few sculptures as well, and dotting the area are also small patios where people are gathered, and that's where they're 
sitting coupled or foursomes or threesomes chatting kind of intimately to one another and some people are doing more than chatting. There are also people doing drugs back here. Generally people back here are staying pretty low-key. You can see that there is an exit directly to the main event space which comprises of a foyer, ballroom, and lounge. It's at the opposite end of the courtyard. At the other end, there you can see, because it's not huge, right? You're not in a gigantic space. You can, it's large enough you can see across and look at the different places of this party, of this indoor, what looks like a fantastically refurbished industrial warehouse. They make very good use of the space. There is an indoor pool and party deck at the opposite side where you see the back wall. Well, friends, your environment may have been in the cramped little room with the uh, the, the very threatening, crazed woman and, and having to staple her to the floor. Let me assure you, you are now in my element. And I will very confidently step off the stairs and just start slowly sauntering through the uh, the courtyard there, trying to pick up on anything that I can hear from anybody in there, any interesting bits of, of information or gossip or anything like that. Okay. Give me a spout knowledge. It is an intellect roll. Absolutely fabulous. That is a 12 plus two. Nice. All right. So choose one of the following. I tell you a piece of important information about the world and you gain a plus one forward on one action relating to that knowledge. I tell you one fact related to another character, which grants you a plus one forward directly related to affecting that character. Yeah, that's it. Choose one of those cool. things. So can I pick the character or do you pick the character when I if I want that? And no, does it have you, to be one of the pick, player characters or can it be an NPC? Either. I want to learn about the master. Okay. So as you're walking around the courtyard, uh, you see him, the rest of you see him kind of saunter off into the courtyard and just become the social butterfly that this character is. He's got the flask, right? I do. Travis follows him. <laughs> How about the rest of you? Uh, I'm just curious about that before answer. He looks dubious. I'll watch. I'll keep an about eye whether on or not you them. got all this, but he's following. I'm going to. Sorry. I'll keep an eye on them, but I'm not going to follow immediately. Okay. I'm going to make my way to the bar, and I'm looking for other flasks. You don't yet see the bar. Okay. Then I'm going to look around and see but... if I find flasks. Okay. Give me an investigate roll, and I will roll it and hold on to your number. I'm going to explain what Aristotle learns about the master. So Aristotle, you are walking around the courtyard and one of your friends have fallen you, the two are kind of hanging back, looking around, and maybe one of them walked off in a different direction. And what you can gather from the conversations going on, you do hear one person speaking with another person, and it's pretty easy for you to pick up on that both of them are like you right now. Mm. They're kind of in your same situation. And they're speaking about how the master, he owns this place. And it's his party. He put all this on so that they could come out in style and that society would recognize them. And that he's pretty influential and he's, I wouldn't call him wealthy, but at least extravagant in his spending. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to very surreptitiously kind of 
catch eyes with them and in a wink or a smile kind of give the impression that that I know what they're talking about, that I heard them and that it's, oh, yep, we're all in the same, we're the same. Kind of a, a knowing glance, a, a raised eyebrow and a smile or something like that. So, Easy enough. And, like, and Travis lowers life. at them. Got it. Over his shoulder. <laughs> yes. Yep. Everybody important has bodyguards. This is fine. Let's, let's see. Riggs, what'd you get on that investigation? That was going to be a nine. A nine. All right. Let me read this real quick. What item or object here is most useful to you? What here is not what it appears to be? What happened here recently? What do you need to be wary of? And who should you be paying attention to? One of those questions. I'm looking for another flask, so that's definitely the one I want. All right. So, absolutely. What item here is most, or object is most useful to you? You're walking around, kind of behind them, walking around the courtyard, looking for other people. If somebody left something behind, you absolutely find a flask in a place where, let's just say that a couple of other people have fallen to the ground and are kind of engaged with each other. And a (laughs) flask has been left on the bench that they were sitting on. It's a nice wooden bench, kind of a lighter wood with some of the flora coming up from behind it and surrounding it. Each little nook and place is hidden from the others right in this walkway. And they don't seem to pay you any attention from what they're doing on the ground for when you find the flask with an M on it. I'm going to pick up said flask and just walk away like I wasn't even there. Easy enough for you to do. You do notice the flask is empty, but you have it. Okay. Now I'm going uh, where do you go? I'm going to look around and look for the bar. Okay. Travis or Stanley, what are you guys doing? Travis is following Aristotle. Aristotle. Because Aristotle okay. has the flask and is looking for the bar. Stanley. I, I want to kind of get a read on, I guess, the, either the situation or the people, kind of trying to figure out if there's like maybe someone that stands out uh, among the crowd. I know you kind of described some of the groups of people, but is there anyone that I, like, that it seems, I don't know, uh, that auspicious is the right word, but someone to maybe be aware of in some sense? All right, give me an investigate. Okay. You're kind of looking around the scene here in the courtyard. Plus two, so that's a 12. Okay, so my guess is you are, who should you be paying attention to here? Correct. All right, so you're kind of looking around to see who looks important or engaged with a multitude of people like they are as much of a social butterfly as Aristotle might be. Hmm. And you do happen to see a lady who has a group of other gentlemen and ladies around her and she's speaking with them and there's a conversation going on but it's obvious that she's the one leading the conversation Mm. and kind of treating them with a decent amount of respect and she's a fine looking lady she's dressed in a a pencil skirt but she's not revealing everything Mm -hmm. although it's enough to be curious about what lies beyond Mm. you can tell she is very sure and confident of herself and she easily guides the conversation. You're just, 
you happen to look around and listen for a moment instantly that she's the one that they're all paying attention to. Okay. Uh, question for you. If would based on the crowd that's around her, would I in my kind of worn clothing stand out like a sore thumb? Or would I need to be sneaky to not be noticed, I guess? Or there are all kinds of people around her. Okay. Okay. And it, it doesn't seem to. She doesn't seem like she minds okay. that she that matters oh. that much to her. There, there are people oh. in like straight up like '90s raver clothes mm-hmm. to suits to kind of like the the goth club scene people. She doesn't okay. seem like there's anybody who sticks out who doesn't fit. Okay. And that's kind of maybe why you think maybe there's something to this person because she doesn't seem judgmental in that way. Okay, I'm going to, I'm gonna get closer. Also, just correct me if I'm wrong, I rolled a, an 11, so is that, do I get two of those? You then? do, I'm sorry, you okay. absolutely do. Yes, yes, cool. would you like? I, you I just thought about that as I was reading off again. So nope, then I want to, it, as well as who should I be paying attention to, what here is not what it appears? Some of the people around her. Okay. They are something about them, you're like, fake is not the right word, but they're putting on some kind of pretense. It's not everyone. It's not everyone. Maybe there's a crowd of six around her, and about two of them seem to be uh, putting on a pretense of some kind. Okay. So, yeah, I want to get closer and kind of, I don't know, maybe close the circle around her or... Just join this little crowd that's listening to her. Kind of track my friends and see where they're headed, but then I'm going to... Um, you can tell that Riggs is, he is definitely trying to find the bar. He, he, did you pocket the flask or do you just have it in your hand, Riggs? I'm, I've got it in my hand. I'm acting like I own the place. <laughs> I'm just... Okay. Yeah. I mean, my group had a flask, okay. so me having a flask yeah. is perfectly okay. So you can see Riggs walking around with the flask. You can see Aristotle kind of being a social butterfly, listening in, saying hi to people. And you Travis kind of looking over the shoulder of Aristotle and protecting him in ways. Because obviously, from what you guys have last been through, Aristotle might just need a little protection. Fair enough. But you can hey, easily see them. They're oh, not, they're, none of them are too far yeah, away. I'll, Again, this I'll, place uh, isn't so huge, you, yeah. you can't, you don't know. Gotcha. I'll just kind of watch him out of the corner of my eye, occasionally check in on him, but I'm mostly going to be concerned with this lady and, and those around her. Okay. Cool. So you're subtle. Yeah. What are you going to do next? And, uh, and it's not like you guys can't see what each other are doing either. It's easy enough to notice what your friends are doing also. Cool. Okay, pretty open and no one's, no one's being sneaky about it, really. Uh, so now that I've kind of done my surreptitious uh, listening in routine and got the information that I wanted, I am going to find a someone who's sitting on one of the, the sofas, or maybe a pair of someone's that's lounging on the sofa that seem to just be having a good time and be like, all right, who is going to show me where the bar is? And I really want to go ahead and take the basic move to persuade them to go ahead and show me how to show me where the bar is. I want them to accompany me and my tall friend here to the bar. Give me a persuade. That's based on rapport, yeah. It is. And they're not completely amorously good. You can tell that these two people are flirting and you kind of walk, hi. But you're yeah. charming. I only rolled a four on my persuade, so I'm not that charming, <laughs> apparently. You're not that charming. Yeah, no. So, uh, mark a discovery. Yep. And I would like you to tell me of a time when you needed something from Paxton Riggs. Oh, really? And you attempted oh. to schmooze your way into it. But it didn't quite go, end up badly, but it, 
you didn't it didn't work out. Your attempt didn't work. What was that? So I much like this walking through this room here, I had I had happened upon an open air like like a food court in a mall, but like higher class, something a little bit more stylish than that. And I was hungry, uh, but I didn't really want to buy any food. I was I, like I wasn't really I was I didn't want to wait in line with other people, and I didn't want to wait. And here I saw this this very handsome, clean cut gentleman who was eating uh, a large plate of fried chicken wings. And so I just saddled up to him and just started making small talk about what was what was a city like him doing in a guy like this and all that sort of thing. And, and asked <laughs> if I could have one of his chicken wings and, and was pretty soundly rebuffed for my attempt. Because so, it doesn't work like that. Know. Fair. It does not work like that. <laughs> yeah. So you're reminded of that time when you asked them to join you, you know, it's like, oh, can you, whatever you asked them to show you to the bar. And both of them kind of sounded like with apologies. We're a little busy right now. I didn't say apologies. Oh. We're kind of busy right now. If you don't mind giving us some privacy. Oh, that's harsh. Travis leans around him and says, we're so sorry to interrupt y'all. Could you at least point us in the right direction? And the lady who's sitting with a gentleman just kind of points, you know, in a direction. She does one of these things. Thank y'all very much. Y'all have fun. Travis, you definitely see Aristotle deflate a little bit. And it's like he, you're seeing a very kind of like odd, like bodily affect from him right now. Where it's kind of, ugh, I know how that feels like. And he's, he's very much trying to like, you almost like hear him reciting like a little mantra to himself, but you're good enough. You're bold enough. It's okay. It's that kind of thing to go ahead and like try okay. to like pump himself back up. Seeing, but it's, seeming seriously it's kind of insecure. I mean, sure. Yeah. Okay. Just, just don't ever call him on it, but that's, you know. Uh, no, no, no. He's not yeah. going to call you on it per se. <laughs> but he might give you a friendly nudge and be like, come on, we can make it and head off in that direction. Would it be possible to, is, is, is my turn like done or would it be possible to also use my my Black Friday move on these and make them feel bad for not helping me? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so when attempting to, I, I guess I'm trying to persuade an NPC. So I guess, yeah, I was trying to persuade them to go ahead and help me. You may instead cause them to feel substantial guilt, regret, sorrow, or sympathy. But I guess I failed my persuade check, so maybe that doesn't that doesn't necessarily apply. So. Well, no, that doesn't mean they don't feel that guilt, though. Yeah. So, like, because you kind of look, as you look yeah. rejected. Like, I visually feel there. that. And Travis kind of picks up on that, which is why he says what he says over his shoulder, and the lady just points that way. She also looks up and she she whispers something to the the fella that she's sitting next to, and he kind of nods. She stands up and she walks over to you and goes, "Hey," she just says, "Hey" to you. Hello. I don't want to I don't want to bother you. She kisses you on the cheek and palms you something. Apology accepted. I'm just so I'm not looking at it because that would be rude. But huh? what does what she what does what she palmed me feel like? It feels like a little plastic baggie. Yes, excellent, fabulous. I will take the little plastic baggie and I will put it in the pocket of my jacket. And uh, and again, just under, under my breath. Apology accepted. She but just I won't, whispers I, in your yeah. ear. If, if there's anything else you're looking for, come find me later. Ooh, and winks I and walks sure back over will. to the gentleman. After you say that. Yeah, I surely will. And start walking off in the direction that she pointed. All right. See, Travis, that's how you make friends. 
chuckles and seeing that you have re-inflated yourself, falls into step behind you. <laughs> Mr. Riggs, you're looking for the bar. What are yes. you doing to find the bar? I'm following the people who have empty glasses. You know what? You don't need to roll, dude. That's the best idea I've heard ever. <laughs> I mean, fair so, enough. That's awesome. You're going to find the bar. If you don't mind me um, going with some other folks for a second, I'll get to the bar with you. I'll describe what it's like in a moment. That's cool. Absolutely. That's fine. All right. That was like the best idea I've heard yet. Take a discovery. And why don't you tell me about a time that your idea came to like full fruition, maximum payoff. And Stanley was in on this job or scam or you're the criminal. Whatever you decide it is, he was in on it with you. All right. Now, Stanley, you were the lover, is that correct? I'm the stranger. The stranger. Oh, okay. So I grew up with the, the traveling folks. Okay. Got it. He's a drifter. I remember a time where essentially I needed to get into a very high class establishment. And part of the way I was able to do this was with this traveling troop. I had met Stanley at some some odd way. I don't quite remember exactly how, but all I knew is that we kind of knew each other, were friendly, and he helped me get in. But the only thing is I had to promise him that I wouldn't cause trouble or get his group in trouble. And so I couldn't get caught. And it was the perfect ruse. I got in. I got the stash of desirables, some jewels and stuff that my bosses wanted with no problem. When I cashed that out, I was able to throw some scratch Stanley's way because he was so beneficial to me and with the promise of us working together in the future. Because I figured if it took getting in places, he was definitely an, the right one to get with. But all I knew was that meeting him, what was a chance encounter, but making the choice to turn around and build something was the perfect way to go. Nice. So might we say it was the perfect crime? It was, in fact, the perfect crime. In fact, that was my very first perfect crime. The other one was my first score. This was my first, that was my first perfect crime. Beautiful. That's beautiful. You will find the bar, good sir. Excellent. Speaking of, hmm. Stanley. Yes. You're sitting in the circle. And again, like I said, you notice that a couple of these people aren't that are here aren't quite... Maybe some little, I don't fake is the wrong word. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're portraying something that maybe isn't honest. You're not really certain why, but what do, what do you do? You're sitting here and right now she is regaling them all with a story of how she had met a congressperson and had placed them in contact with some people that could fulfill their desires while they were here. Okay, interesting. Yeah, man, I'm stuck between, do, I want to do a figure someone out, but I can't decide if it's the woman or these people who are being a little faking. I think I'm going to go with the, the people in the crowd around her first. So I just want to get a read on on them and kind of what's up with them. All right, so. yeah, give me a figure someone out. Something's up with them. And it's rapport based. I'm yeah. sure you that. But. I can roll really well with rapport. All right, I have 
a plus two. That's not going to help me when I rolled a three on the die. So that's a five. Well, mark a discovery. Okay. And I would like you to tell me of a time that you were certain that you could trust this person, whoever it may be. But why in the end couldn't you trust them and what do they do to prove that to you? A person, choose a person, fill in all the blanks, but please. Interesting. I kind of want to take the other side of Briggs's memory he had with me. And I thought I could trust Briggs very well. And he helped me out. But he did ultimately end up maybe not caught per se, but because he was in a sticky spot, he had to divulge the information about my troop that helped. So my family ended up fucked. So it kind of it ultimately turned sour after a successful initial interaction. All right. You distinctly remember that. But yet you're not sure what these other couple of people are up to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's about that time that the lady who's been, you know, leading the conversation and the, the story has ended and she looks up at you and says, hello. Welcome. Hi there. I, excuse me for intruding. I usually try to find the most alluring figure in the room and uh, that search brought me here. Oh, you would be correct. <laughs> and a gentleman. What brings you to our little group? Oh, just getting the lay of the land, so to speak. I'm well, pretty, pretty new to this place. I've never been here before. Oh, are you sure? I guess not. It seems new anyway. Well, maybe I or someone here you can find as a companion can help you out with that. What are you looking for? <laughs> um... Looking for friends. You've come to the right place. You are definitely among friends. I feel maybe there's something else I can help you with. Maybe one of our friends here can help you with. And the two people that something you're like, someone's up with them. They both look at you when she says that, almost in an offering way. One's a lady, one's a guy. And either of them seem to look you in the way of, I'm willing to help you with whatever you're looking for. That's kind of a tough thing. I'm not exactly sure what it is that I'm looking for. There's something lost, I guess. Difficult to put words to, but would like to be found. Hmm. Forgotten, maybe. What is it you have problems with? Lost. What are you lost in? <laughs> and I kind of look around. I said, like, I, I think everyone's maybe lost themselves a time or two, right? Oh, a party is a party. <laughs> it's sometimes fun to lose yourself, but you seem troubled by your loss. Really? How can I help? Do you know 
person who runs this place? I do. Well, I'd like to get to see them. I've heard I should get the chance, but if there's anything I can do to speed that up. Maybe there is. Maybe there is. I tell you what. And I don't want to be... I'm going to be engaged here for a moment, if you don't mind. (laughs) But if you would talk with your friends and... Well... Give me a, a little bit of time. Come find you all. Can I get your name? I'm the mistress. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash TT Journeys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water. Hey.